In every pair of Tecovis boots, you can expect handmade quality, first wear comfort, and timeless Western style. A great pair of Western boots will elevate a casual look or add a refined flair that'll draw both eyes and compliments. Tecovis boots are always made from premium bovine and exotic leathers, and with occasional resoling, they will last a lifetime. The best way to shop for boots is at your local Tecovis store, where you'll be greeted by the smell of fresh leather and a friendly smile. Come on in, grab a cold one, get fitted by a pro, and shop the latest styles. We also offer custom branding and leather stamping if you want to personalize your boots or fine leather goods. As spring makes its way into summer, stay cool in a short-sleeve moisture-wicking pearl snap or make your own shade with one of their classic straw hats, new in both men's and women's styles. And if you're planning to hit the road, Tecovis's ever-growing lineup of rugged and full-grain leather bags will get you where you're headed in style and are built to last decades. Visit Tecovis.com. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com. And don't go gently, y'all. In every pair of Tecovis boots, you can expect handmade quality, first wear comfort, and timeless Western style. Tecovis boots are always made from premium bovine and exotic leathers, and with occasional resoling, they will last a lifetime. The best way to shop for boots is at your local Tecovis store, where you'll be greeted by the smell of fresh leather and a friendly smile. Come on in, grab a cold one, get fitted by a pro, and shop the latest styles. Visit tecovis.com, that's T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com, and don't go gently, y'all. Fishing like a local isn't just about catching fish. It's about connecting with the environment and the people who call it home. It's about hearing the stories and traditions that have been passed down for generations and sharing unforgettable moments with the people you meet along the way. Fishing like a local is having an experience that stays with you forever. And with Fishing Booker, you can experience it too, no matter where you are. Discover your next adventure on Fishing Booker. From the nation's capital, this is the Fly Fishing Consultant Podcast with your host, Rob Snowett. Episode 195, I am pulling into Lancaster right now, it's the Lancaster Show, it's the last show of the year, and it was quite the white knuckle drive, we had a windstorm with gusts over 60 miles an hour, and my car has been blowing back and forth across the highways. On this drive, I've had to dodge plastic bags, mylar balloons, traffic cones, Tree branches in the road, tree branches falling on me, a couch cushion. There were plastic flowers from a cemetery that had blown out into the road. Garbage everywhere, and I've never seen more cars with flat tires on the side of the road. I don't know what was going on, but people were rolling over something that was popping in their tires. My neighbors, Tigger and Rug, had an entire tree sever their house in half the spot where the tv is where the sofa and where their dog chug sits on the bay window that is now not part of the house it came clear off 
Nobody was hurt. They weren't home at the time. We lost power at 7 this morning. So I showered and shaved in the dark. Luckily, we still had hot water from the hot water tank being gas lit. And there was nothing to do this morning. There was just enough light to read. We did a jigsaw puzzle. The kid went to a movie with a friend. The wife went to the gym. She could shower and clean up there. And then I decided I might as well get on the road. There was no school today and work was closed. So everyone was home. I've been up since five. The wind's been howling. There are things that were just blowing everywhere. I was worried I was going to blow into a truck. So let's see how this show goes. Uh, I believe it's just going to be myself and Tom of Naughty Eggs. The other two gentlemen we usually share a booth with, one moved and one is not able to attend. This is the last show of the year, so we'll see how how much traffic comes by. It's going to be a good time nonetheless. I'm looking forward to it. So I'll be reporting live from the show this year. First and last interview of the day, we have Apache. What's going on, Apache? Why is Apache not answering? was not Apache. So Apache is uh, is a ginger rooster. All right. We've been hearing. Is there a bet on like how many cockadoodle doos per day? In here? Well, I haven't heard anybody bet that yet. But I was going to do a tick mark every time. And why is Apache here? He's just here for an eye catcher. It works, right? How many yeah. people stop by? A lot, a lot. There's been a lot of people that say I had to come see this thing. I thought it was a recording. Anybody try to eat Apache? No, not yet. A couple of people talked about it. A chef, a guy said he was a chef, and he was looking at him pretty good. But. <laughs> what are you eating there, Apache? What's Apache chewing on? He's chewing on soybeans and corn ground. All right. You're making a mess, dude. That is a messy bird. Yeah, he is a messy eater. All right, so since we last interviewed Sideland Hill Hackle, anything new with you guys? Nope, still doing the same thing. All right. About the same number of birds. How's that Cree over there? No one's, no one's bought it yet? Or did it sell? No, that Cree sold right away. Nice. Good for you. It was like the second sale. There's dinner for tonight. Yep. All right. For everybody. Yeah, for everybody. Are you having a chicken dinner? No, I don't think we'll do chicken. Maybe crab. There you go. I'm looking at crab again. All right. Crab inland? You okay with it? It's a three-hour drive. From the yeah, show. it's fine. It's All fine. Right. I, I, I eat chicken enough at home. And what do you do? Do you just... Sell the meat that, after you slaughter them. There's no meat on them. There's no meat on them. It just all goes. I, I like to hunt coyotes over them. I just right. throw them out in the woods, and then coyotes come in. How about that? So you don't have coyotes fur yet? You're not selling coyote tails? No, no, not selling that. It's good bonefish material. Yep. All right, bird, say something. Speak. This is all. This is Gonzo, man. I'm leaving. All right, you guys have a good day? Yep. All right. Great day. First and last interview of the day. We'll get more tomorrow. Well, Saturday was super busy. The booth was pretty full. I only had two breaks, really, all day. One was to go to the bathroom. One was to go check in with Risenfly and go see that rooster. It was busy. 
I'm humbled by all the podcast listeners. I'm a little out of breath right now. I just had to run to go get a new battery for my dad. Whew. It was busy. Cranked out a bunch of flies and started playing with some new stuff. Say some of the the shad flies were probably the biggest hit. A lot of shad talk yesterday. It seems that Deer Creek is sort of dead in Maryland. Not much is going on there these days, the past couple of years. So hopefully this year will be good. And I may be giving a talk on shad to a group in Pennsylvania later this month. So we'll see how things are going. But yesterday was busy. Tom sold a ton of his knotty eggs. And the guy next to me was tying up some cool classic stuff for Atlantic Salmon for Canada. And we all just had a bunch of good laughs and hung out and talked to people as they came by all day long. Lots of handshaking. Seems like people here don't have the flu. So I can go home not fearing that I'm going to be super sick. And it's 8 o'clock in the morning on Sunday. I'm going to go walk around and look at some of the booths and the Angling Bookstore and just do some window shopping now while I've got a chance while it's quiet in here. It's good to see a bunch of people and see what the last show of the season is going to be about. Well, that's about it for me. I'm going to go walk around, maybe get some more interviews. I watched Captain America last night, went to bed early, and I'm ready for a nice long day. There's no storm coming today unlike the previous year, so we should have a good turnout. I'm excited. I got a good night's sleep, so I'm ready to go. All right, I'm with Jack. We're going to have to hope that the wind isn't blowing this way because that bird just took a dump. Um, but let's talk about what you're doing here with electric wool, and you've got some skins to match your dubbing. Yeah, that's correct. What I had, what I had done originally was I wanted a dubbing that had a subtle flash to it for streamers. And I was just having a difficult time finding that commercially. Not that there's anything wrong with the heavy flash that's in the material we have now. It's just there are times when you need much less. And that, I wanted that alternative. And I wasn't finding it, so I decided to look around and make my own. And I had done that, and it turns out it's good for nymphs, wets, as well as streamers. And a friend of mine, George Lashinsky, dyes partridge skins. And he had gotten hold of some of my dubbing really liked the tones and dyed six different colors of it on some skins to match the dubbing and we i've uh, never seen soft tackles like this before well thanks yeah it is yeah. it is unique all the my green, colors the are cat unique. is green one's pretty cool yeah yeah that's a good i'll make some cool steelhead flies yeah I, I agree with that and this this one here would be good for either a um a, you know like a mayfly like a Sulfur yeah. so, or a Cahill. Do you want to go over the colors? Oh, sure. Uh, one is more like a mediumish green. It's called Angry Leprechaun, and it's a light olive with a dark olive blended with a uh, like a, a, a green flash put into it. It's like a 70-30 blend. Then another one I have, it's called Demonized. It's black and purple blended with a red flash. Then another one here I have, it's called Earth and Clay. It's two different colors of like a, a light orange and a deep orange. And that, it, it's just, when you blend the, those two tones together, and it's got like a copper flash in it. It gives it depth to the, the material itself. Then another one here, it's called oranges or sorted tones. That's a blend of three tones of the dubbing, the wool. And I have another one here, it's called old moss. It's like a dark brown. And then the... One here called oh, Dirty Otter. 
is the last one. Yeah, it's more like a, a creamy tan kind of color. And that, that makes a really, if you take the old moss for a top of a streamer and you can use this dirty otter as a belly, it's not a white or a silver, it's like a tanny kind of color. So it gives you that real nice natural dace looking color. All right. So and I have 21 tones of the dubbing. So stop on by if you guys yeah. are around and have where a look. Are you, where are you out of? Where's home? I'm in uh, State College, PA. Okay. And my website. Around some good fishing spots. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Ten minutes from Spring Creek. <laughs> so my website is lovedenymph.com if you guys want to stop by and check it out. Yeah. You want to talk about some of your flies over here too? Sure. These streamers here, they're about two inches long, and they're unweighted, and they're tied with this dubbing. And what I like to use these for are these low water conditions or just a section of a stream that is just a mean depth of about 12 inches, 15 inches. Then you have those micro runs that are maybe six inches deeper than that. What you can do with those unweighted streamers is you can fish that entire stretch really without getting hung up all the time because of the weightlessness of the streamer. Wherever there's little baby gizzard shads as mm -hmm. forage, that thing... What's the name of that one? I don't, I don't actually have a name. That's pretty sweet looking. Well, thank you. Yeah, and then you're using some uh, Senyo's Predator Wrap on the back of these? Yeah, yep. Those are about five inches long, articulated. You feel your, feel your <coughs> Those are my here. heavier ones. It is very subtle in there, but when you move it, it, it all comes alive. Yep, and the reason it's so subtle is what I did is I took light tones in my flash to the, the material that I put it in. So it's there but it doesn't stand out. So like you said, when you move it and turn it, you get that wink of flash, mm -hmm. kind of like a bait fish when it, when it darts and the sunlight hits the scales and you get that wink, wink, wink. Yep. That's more or less where I was going with creating this dummy. And so far the, the fish have agreed. All right. How was the uh, show for you yesterday? Very good. You Very good. The kids in with the candy so the parents come over? Yeah. I'd say everybody have a little nibble, you yeah. know, walk around showing. A little bite of something sweet. Absolutely. All right. <laughs> Thanks for your time. I'm going to get a picture of this little soft topical caddis looking dude here, okay, too. Okay, thank you. Yeah, they're tied with these partridges. Yeah. Fantastic. Appreciate thank it. You. Thanks for your time. All right, apparently it's morning time. The bird has now moved his bowels and is talking. Uh, Dave, you want to introduce yourself? Hi, um, I'm Dave Arbaugh from Wet Fly Water Guides. Um, I specialize in wet fly fishing. Um, I am one of Pennsylvania's licensed guides, uh, and... Fishing like a local isn't just about catching fish. It's about connecting with the environment and the people who call it home. It's about hearing the stories and traditions that have been passed down for generations and sharing unforgettable moments with the people you meet along the way. Fishing like a local is having an experience that stays with you forever. And with Fishing Booker, you can experience it too, no matter where you are. Discover your next adventure on Fishing Booker. Um, I fish in central and north central Pennsylvania. Where's home uh, for you? Uh, Johnstown, Pennsylvania. Um, and we're pre in pretty good area for trout fishing. Yeah. And that's that's what I do. <laughs> Bird. Yeah. Um. What made you decide that wet flies were sort of your passion or your thing? Just effectiveness um, of them? Uh, the, well, it's it's a 
it's it's one of the methods, fly fishing methods, that kind of got lost in the shuffle uh, with all the other methods uh, with fly fishing, and it just kind of took a back seat, and um, it was effective in the 30s, 40s. Um, you know, the old timers were fishing three flies at a time and catch, you know, being really successful with it. And then the dry flies and the nymph flies came on the scene and the wet flies just kind of disappeared. So um, I did a little research on it before I got started and um, been really successful. So I fish with three flies. Uh, kind of stick a little bit to the traditional side of it and brings a little bit of modern stuff in into play uh i fish with bamboo just just for the tradition uh and that's what i've been preaching for a few years now what makes a good wet fly is there a balance to the proportions or the colors um, the wing on it it's um there's there, there's a couple of things um on my flies i try to create as much movement into the fly as possible um uh, a couple of tying techniques that i use is is i jack the tail up on a 45 degree angle um instead of using the primaries uh primary feathers for the wings um, i use the secondary feathers and i don't marry the wings uh, because i always figured you know, those married wings are going to look like my wing after one or two fish. So um, I cut to the chase right away. So um, with the wing and the tail and then, of course, the hackle that's on the fly, I use a lot of partridge, grouse, uh, pheasant, you know, pretty much all the wild um, game birds. And Do you hunt them yourself or do you procure them um, at shows? Some, sometimes. Um, and I have a few friends that are hunters and, you know, they supply me with, nice. uh, you know, with the feathers. Um, but it's, um, the flies are very, very simple to tie, very inexpensive to tie. Um, preferred and, brand hook? Um, I use the, uh, Montana Fly Company, uh, hooks. Um, they're a sprout hook, uh, um, I used to tie a lot at the beginning when I first started doing this. I used mustad hooks, um, and um, I switched over to the Montana Fly Company hook. Uh, same shank length, uh, gap was good, and the, what I liked about them is, is the diameter was just a little bit heavier on it, so that was a plus for plus for the wet flies. And they fit nicely in your regal? Oh, yeah, the... the the that device that I have, I've had that for oh, I don't know how many years, but I just replaced the jaws on it what uh, a year and a half ago. Um, coming here at the show, getting I know the Regal guys, and uh, they came over and looked at my vice, and they says you definitely need something different on there because it was all chipped up, and um, so. They gave me a nice deal on a on a new set of jaws for it, and it's worked great over the years. It's very simple, and it does the job perfectly. So, what about your choice of fly box? Um, the choice of fly box that I use is uh, these Perrine nineties. Uh, I bought these boxes. Uh, oh my gosh, that would have been like maybe early seventies. Uh, they present the flies real nice. It gives a nice side profile of it, and um, they're. I I seen them 
uh, online here a, a few years ago, and it's like, oh my goodness, they're going for like sixty, seventy dollars a wow. piece on you know on eBay. And I, whenever I bought these boxes, I bought them I think for twelve dollars. <laughs> so uh, they're a little bit heavy in the vest, but they do they present the flies really nice. You need to charge Evan a nickel every time that bird. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Uh, your Yeti bottle. I found one of those in Potomac last yeah, week. Yeah, this is. So this it was, is it was a, floating. I had to keep it. This one here. You got is, that engraved. This is a custom one. That's I, awesome. I do a little bit of artwork. So that's your. Uh, that's my. That's my design fantastic. on the bottle. Um, and of course, you got the three wet flies down nice. here and two trout chasing it. And, you're a man of so, many talents. Man, well, Where can we find you online? Do you have social media? Um, I'm not. I'm not a social media guy. I do have a website. Uh, um, www.wetflywaterguides.com. Uh, your last name? Last name is Abba. Okay. What's the derivation of that? I'm sorry? Like what? Is that from European descent? Uh, yeah. yeah. A little German, a little Irish. Uh, you know, we're, I guess we're descendants from all over. <laughs> yeah. I mean, my name's Snow White. We were clueless with that. Yeah. All right. We'll have a good show today, and all hopefully right. that chicken doesn't. Yeah. You want to pick your own eardrums out. Yeah, really. Cool. Thank hey. you. Hey, you're not, not a problem. All right, we're with Derek. How do you pronounce your last name? Hathazy, from uh, a little bit north of Pittsburgh, about a half hour, in a little town called Zelianople. 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 It's a small little town. We have a nice warm water fishery not too far. Smallmouth, pike, carp. So I'm a trout guy at heart, but... Recently, have been kind of converted into the into the warm water game. You got some big flies over here. I do. Like I said, within the last couple of years, if I realized if I want to fish year round, I have to resort to to warm water to throw in some bigger flies and I like playing with some of the newer materials you're coming out with. Looks like you're cranking through some deer hair back there. Yep. This looks like some. Yeah, it's funny. Oh, everyone, you know, after I'm done tying or something, I go out to the stores and everyone asks what color dog I have and. <laughs> Nope, nope, that's not a dog, that's uh, it's deer hair, so yeah, it's, uh, it makes a mess, so wife, wife's not too fond of it, but... It's all over our house. There are <laughs> ostrich plumes in flash in any corner of our house. Yep, yep, I so, hear you, I'm right there with you. I want to talk about this new like silicone head I'm starting to see on mm-hmm. musky flies. Mm-hmm. Yep. What is that made with? Uh, so it's, it's, there's a couple of different brands out there, a couple, couple of different... Uh, actual silicones but the one i'm fond of is the e6000 it's cheap it's like six bucks for a tube and the reason i like it is it it adds durability to the heads of flies and it, it helps push water and like i said i think that's the two biggest things with with musky flies is durability and and pushing water so plus it's it's a good adhesive you know you just throw the coat throw the coat on there and throw the eyes on there and it's 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 a, you know it's done I like um, the uh, kind of color change you have going down this one. Yep. That's pretty uh, cool. It's like fruit stripe gum. Yeah. Yeah. Popovic style, reverse tie, kind of uh, beast fly with a deer hair head on there. But yeah, like I said, man, the, the musky and, and pike stuff, the bigger stuff's kind of caught my attention within the last couple of years. So. What, what's your uh, brand of monster hooks here? These things are, I'm a uh, partridge guy at heart. I'm a huge fan. That's uh, the partridge absolute predator. It's the six aught. It's a lightweight fly for something. Uh, it is, and that's the thing. It's the deer hair won't hold water. The tails all are synthetic, so it's the other benefit. It won't hold water. It's easy to cast. But yeah, partridge. Uh, it's that's kind of my go-to hook choice right now. They have all kinds of different styles. They have short shanks, wide gaps, 
Uh, I got some barbless stuff. That's what that absolute predator is. So you get a good, good hook penetration and strong, strong, sharp hooks. What about your displays here? I imagine if you don't have those boxed up in the car and you hit the brakes, you're gonna have a elk antler go through your skull. Yep, yep. That's uh, that's definitely a good assumption. Yeah, these are all my little ones that I didn't want to throw in the wall. Now, the, the little ones. <laughs> yeah, no, it's uh, found them at estate sales, and you know, I never. Chances are I'm never going to shoot something that big, so I uh, figured I'd find a cool way to use it to display flies. This thing is enormous. Look at how big an elk. That's, yeah, you know, kind of wanted something that will catch people's eyes, especially if, you know, someone that hunts and is into the outdoors, they appreciate it. So kind of, it's kind of killing two birds with one stone to come over and get to see some cool cool horns and get to see some cool flies. Right on. So. And uh, where can we find you online? Uh, I'm on Instagram, on the fly. It's uh, zero, O-N, instead of O. Um, and then just Facebook. Probably gonna have a website coming up within the next, probably within the next year. Videos. I'm definitely gonna start doing videos on YouTube, just because I've had I've had a lot of people ask about demonstrations and certain materials. So, yeah, it's gonna be like I said, the the internet is, is gonna be the next step for me. So fantastic, cool. All right, well, hope you have Rob. a busy show. Thank you, thank right. you, appreciate it. All right, Braden, how many shows is this for you so far? Um, let's see. Four, maybe five. All right. You got the best parents in the world? Yes, they're amazing. You're going to clean your room when you get home just to say thanks? Well... Eat your vegetables? My mom helped me clean my room before we left, so uh, when the babysitter came to watch the dogs while we're gone. I heard you're buying a tank of gas on the way back, too, after this weekend. Uh, I don't know. Uh, so you are hanging out with TFO, been chilling with Norvice? Yes. Yes, right. I've been uh, tying at Flystone's booth uh, off and on and all that, selling, trading flies, stuff like that. What about the pool? What happened at the pool last night? So last night after the pool closed, um, we didn't check what time it was, and so then we checked. It was almost 12, 12 o'clock. It was 1130. Dude, so, I was like three hours of sleep by then. So Tyler O'Neill, Ethan Rakes, uh Who's in uh, shorts? Me? It's cold out. He's one of the, are you one of those kids that wears shorts all the year? Yeah. Oh, my That's gosh. I got some of those in my neighborhood. I don't get it. We told my older brother, Blake, we told him to go up, grab my fly boxes, and get my tying materials in bags. So You're not supposed to tell your older brother what to do. But he was fine with it. He said, yeah, I'm down for it. So my goodness. He grabbed my musky flies, my 50-pound mono. So then we took the pool net that they used to clean the pool. We tied a loop of 50-pound uh, mono to the pool net and uh, another loop at the end for uh, just changing out the flies. So we took my uh, uh, Blaine Chocolate's T-bone that I tied and things swam like crazy in the pool. It looks so good in the pool that, uh, I don't know, that, that video might be up there with the pool scene from Caddyshack. You don't know uh, what that. Yeah, you got no time. Idea. And you taking some seminars? Uh-oh, um, you might have to answer that. Uh, my mom's calling right now. I got to go. All right. All right, thank you. All right, we have Tiffany here. You want to introduce yourself? Hi, my name's Tiffany London of Farm Girl Graphics. I live in and based out of Portersville, Pennsylvania. It's like Forrest Gump, like Tex is from Arkansas. London, you're from somewhere else. Oh, yeah. Well, that's my married name. Ah, okay. <laughs> so. All right, so you are a fly fishing artist? 
That's fish correct. Artist? Yes, I mainly focus on fly fishing. I guess to tell the whole story quickly, I met my husband in Bozeman, Montana in 1999. We both attended MSU and he taught me to fly fish. So I spent all of my college years and then some fly fishing some of the world's premier trout rivers. Have you always been an artist? Yes, I was actually at MSU and graduated with my BFA in 2003. You're actually using what you learned in school as an adult. I actually am. Yeah, Yeah, three years ago, I, my kids are both now in school full time. So people were interested in my artwork. I started painting again and it just kind of took off from there. Acrylics, oil, what's your... I do mainly oil-based, watercolor, and I do hand-printed silk screens. Okay. And what's your, uh, what are you selling here this weekend? We've got cards, some beverage containers. Uh, Yeah, the new thing I'm doing is hand-painting Yeti tumblers and coolers. I have a process where I use a oil-based enamel, and then I clear coat it, so it is definitely still durable, but it's a unique, one-of-a-kind piece that you can take with you anywhere. Fantastic. And a chair? Is that Uh, an ashtray on the chair? uh, No, that's my business card holder. I was about to say, I've not seen an ashtray in a long time. (laughs) I know, me neither. We were just watching Mrs. Doubtfire, and they asked them if they wanted to sit in a smoking or non-smoking section in the restaurant. (laughs) My daughter's like, what does that mean? I actually just told my kids that the other day. I said, long time ago, there was a smoking and non-smoking section. It didn't really matter, though. No, it didn't. (laughs) Okay, so you've got a brook trout chair. Yes, actually, it just was sold, and it is going to Quebec, Canada. To a camp. How long did it take to make that? If you hunt enough, you learn the truth. What you seek speaks a language and knows it well. That's why every Primo's call for everything you hunt is made the right way. We sweat every detail so you get more out of every hunt. And nothing leaves our hand until we know it'll work in yours. Because we don't just make the world's best calls. We speak the language. Primos. Um, all, all in total. Details? Yes, I do get addicted to the trout spots. I would say about five hours total. Wow. And the chair, is it a specific chair or just? No, just a nice wooden high back chair. No, this is a very solid wooden chair. So, so yeah. if they get in a bar fight, you don't want them to pick it up and break it over somebody else. It's there. heavy. Yeah. Right. So it, I think it would stand up. Any odd requests from people for you to do custom stuff? My dad, uh, two years ago when I started painting again, got an antique bathtub and he has a camp up in Kennerdale, Pennsylvania. So he wanted a bass on it. So I hand painted a very large... A bathtub? It's a bathtub, yes. So that's up there and uh, I'm the famous bathtub artist of Kennerdale, Pennsylvania nice. now. <laughs> All right. And the cooler back here... Yes, I can't believe no yeah. one took it today. This is I hand paint the front of them and again clear coat it so it is still a very durable cooler. Especially I'd, with the power outages everyone's been having on the East Coast. Oh you yeah. Need something to hold your About food. Three days worth, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I just really enjoy being able to fly fish and paint pictures of the fish I do catch and just the excitement this weekend has been amazing. Being with other fly fishermen, fly fisher women that are excited about my art, and it's just been really exciting and a really fun show. Do you do any ugly fish? Do you ever do the blob fish on something? I have not. Okay. I have not. No I've not been roughy. asked that. No. All right. No. I'm still, I'm still just really getting back into it. It's my third 
full-time year, so I'm up for painting anything and any species. Have you ever done a tattoo for somebody? Uh, no, but I actually am kind of working on one for myself. Very cool. Where are you going from here? Are you back home? Any more shows? Uh, back home for now, and then I've got a lot of work to do. I've made a lot of really neat connections and met a lot of awesome people. So. All right. Yeah. Very cool. Where back can we find you online? Uh, farmgirlgraphics.com and I am also on Instagram at farmgirlgraphics and Facebook and I do have an Etsy site. So. Do you have a farm? I do have a farm. So it's not just a misnomer. I have five chickens, four ducks, three horses, two kids, and a yellow lab and a husband. <laughs> Baby goats or actual kids? like Real two. children. Right. You never know. <laughs> what kind so. of ducks do you I would love a pet. Like I want Indian running ducks. Oh, I looked those up. Um, so cool. They eat all the pests in your garden. Yes, uh, khaki camels. Okay. I got them for my girls last Easter. I got four of them. Thought maybe like 50% survival rate. They're all doing great. Well, how about that? <laughs> Is that, that bird's calling you all weekend, isn't it? I, yeah, the, my girls were here yesterday and they wanted to know why I didn't bring my chicken. So You can't bring animals on airplanes anymore as uh, a company. After the lady with the peacock ruined it for everyone. Oh, yeah. yeah peacock owners. Yeah. Pe I should say peafowl owners. <laughs> All right. Well, thanks for taking the time out. Thank you so much, Rob. It's been awesome to meet you. Thank you. All right. We are at the John, and you are Josh. I'm Josh Zalina. I'm the creator of the John. It looks like something in Bugs Bunny that a native would have in their nose or in their ear. <laughs> it's a really peculiar shape, and uh, for a while it didn't have a name. We were trying to figure out something. We called it the pusher for a while, but we didn't like the connotations with salt and pepper. Girlfriend's from inner city Philly. She's going to kill me for butchering the name, but we called it the John, or John, John, however people in Philly say it. Just, yeah. It looks like a hollowed out hourglass almost. Yeah, so you know. Like a Vuvuzela. So we started, um, you know, I started hiking musky fishing and doing all the reverse tying and Popovic style stuff and hollow flies. And the fellow who showed me how to do that just used his fingers to do the reverse tying. But I'm pretty clumsy and I always stab myself on the hook when I'm reverse tying. And then I played around with using a pen tube or a cap like a lot of people do. Uh, but my issues with that is it always kind of seemed to crush my fibers back. And then I love tying on jig hooks. And with a straight tube, you can't tie on a jig hook. So to solve these problems, it kind of flared both ends. That solved the problem of crushing my material back, and the flared end gave me this really nice, even distribution back. And the one end that's slotted, you can use it with a jig hook, and you use that slot, and you just drop the bend of your jig hook into the slot, and then push back, and so you can, um, you can easily reverse time just about any platform. That's clever. Was this something you thought of falling asleep one night? Just something that kind of kind of came to me. I graduated from Pitt. I went there for mechanical engineering, okay. and um, you know, we got our uh, introduced to a lot of cool ways to manufacture things there and prototype stuff. And so I wanted something to play around with for the stuff that they had for us. And you know, I had this need um, to make something better for this reverse time. So just kind of went from there. No one's tried to put their fingers in there like those Chinese puppet things? I've been doing that all day, actually. <laughs> this is the first time I've had uh, bigger ones for display. Plastic? Yeah, I'm uh, 3D printing them all, actually. So it's um, <laughs> yeah, it's uh, PLA plastic, which is just you know, a blend of uh, plastics that's easy to 3D print. So I wanted to, like I said, I graduated in December, and I'm on the Man. job hunt right now, and I don't like sitting around doing nothing. So I bought a 3D printer about three weeks ago, and I you know, had this... I've been using it for a couple years and giving it to some buddies, but I never did anything with it and found myself with free time and 
It's fantastic. Yeah. What are they retail for? I'm retailing them for $10. Okay. Yep. Big and little? If you want the big one, I can probably throw that in if you buy enough for the little ones. Right on. But eventually, um, yeah, I'm working with Bob Popovics right now to kind of make some tweaks to the design that he's like. That's There's a beast fly that he tied with it. Um, I love watching those on Instagram. Just yeah. Music through the water, it just... It's awesome. It's like watching a ghost. Someday I'll be able to get that good at time. Yeah, um, I'm excited to see where it's going to go. And right now, you know, I don't really have much in the way of social media or a website. But my email is... Um, my email is thejohnsales at gmail.com right now. J-A-W-N. In the near future here, I'm going to be coming out with a website. It's probably going to be called thejohn.com. It's got a nice ring yet. to it. you got to get that before you announce it. Like johncarry.com? Somebody Something owned that, like that before he went for president. And oh, he really? off them. Oh, oh. How long does it take to print one of these? Just to print one, it takes about 40 minutes. But I've uh, got it set up where I can print off about 40 of them at a time, and that'll take you know um, about five or six hours to print all of them off. And, um, That's fantastic. It's cool, though. It's a cool way to make stuff. Yeah. yeah. All right. Well, thanks for telling me about this, and we'll get yeah. the word out. Cool. That's yeah, very, I appreciate it. The fact that you're making them yourselves on a printer, Yeah. that blows me away. It's cool. I, mean, I started it kind of just as a way to get, um, to get the 3D printer paid for. You I got any, that paid for now. Anything crazy on there yet besides this? No, because I just got it. The first show that I went to was Lefty Craze Tie Fest last weekend. I got the printer a week before that, so I've just been printing out John's trying to get my inventory up. All right. So well, I expect yeah. to see you at a bigger booth next year. I'm hoping so, and hopefully with uh, with more products. That's a direction I'd like to take this business is just um, making products to suit all sorts of niche tires and stuff. Fantastic. All yeah. right. Thanks for the time. Awesome. Thank you. Let's call this the Lancaster Show post-mortem back here in Fairfax. The drive back, much easier than the drive there, except for the setting sun. The roads were southwest, so every little turn in the road gave me direct, blinding, bluebird sky sunlight. So the traffic was a little slow, but I got home not too late. It was easy to pack up from the show and head back. It was a good show. I just want to remind people, I had another conversation at this event with a Project Healing Waters member that there was one of those deep conversations that Healing Waters saved his life. So in the last podcast, I asked my listeners to donate money to the Project Healing Waters Two Fly fundraising tournament. And I said that putting a rod or a bobbin in a veteran's hand can save their life. I'm not joking. That's a repetitive comment I hear from these veterans. So if you can just go to phwff.org, there's going to be a little yellow donate now button link box on the website. Click that, throw a couple dollars their way. If everybody donates a little, it's a lot. You know, one pebble doesn't make a splash, but a whole bunch makes waves. So the show was fun. Uh, I'm going to have to edit out some of the chicken. It was, chicken was a little loud, and when I went by to talk to them at the end of Saturday evening, I said, hey, man, Evan, let me let me get a couple of those tail feathers. I want to tie some flies with them. He goes, all right. So he opens up the cage, and I just thought he would gently take a tail and bing, pop it out. It'll grow back. But no, he manhandles that bird like somebody that raises chickens knows how to do. That bird was an angry fowl. If you put your knuckle 
in there, it would start puffing out and making noises. Steve Silverio was taunting it with chicken sounds. It's not a nice bird. So he manhandles the bird and pops out a feather or two. And I'm like, sweet, I'm going to go tie flies with these. And as I'm walking back towards my booth, this woman looks at me. She catches me eye to eye and says, you should be ashamed of yourself. I don't know. It's uh, it's uh, There's dead animals everywhere in this building. So we're not the nicest to animals in the fly fishing industry. I liked hearing... Tom talk about his naughty eggs to all the people that stop by. And if you tell him what tributary of the Great Lakes you're fishing and when, he can suggest colors for you for that specific body of water. I saw a doppelganger from my cousin Caleb who was there at the show. Uh, what else? The nets. There was a guy building nets and he was using moose antlers as the handles. You can scratch your back and net a fish with them. That was pretty cool to see. I'm trying to think. I didn't get to talk to too many people. It was busy. I was at my booth mostly talking, hanging out, tying flies, demonstrated on film how to tie my scorpion bug, did a couple of articulated fly demonstrations. While I was at the show, I got a tweet from Ryan Bowen, who caught a nice brown trout on the Snow White Damsel. I'm glad I made a big sandwich in the morning at the breakfast in the hotel. That was bacon and roast beef and turkey. What else? I think the John was probably one of the coolest things I saw at the show. There was a puppy Neapolitan or just a puppy English Mastiff that was enormous that was introduced to everybody. Hanging out with Joe Jackson of Two Forks Guide Service in Indiana. He gave me a hummingbird fly, which was awesome. It is now hanging up in our kitchen on a printed brook trout map. It's the only fishing decor in the upstairs of our house. And it's hanging up there with some intruders and other flies. And that's going to be a very cool conversation piece when people come in and say, where'd this come from? And I'll tell them, Joe's story. Dude can hook some big smallmouth bass. Where he's from in Indiana, these things are lunkers. So I'm going to have to make a road trip out there. Talk to Tim Flagler a bit. Still want to get him to tie my bacon fly. It's a pretty easy one that catches a bunch of fish. I liked how people came by and told me my flies were a little more innovative and colorful than some of the rest of the ones there. And I can't think of much else to talk about. So hopefully you enjoyed this episode. I've got some interviews and the next one up is going to be some things that fly fishing clients should think about before hiring a guide for the day. Good show, except that Cabin Fever was the same day. They should have those on two different weekends, being that they're the biggest shows in Pennsylvania for that month. And the beer I picked up my for my wife at the Brewers whatever store in Lancaster, it's the Windridge Double IPA 4-Pack. I gave her that as one of her birthday presents this morning, and she was ecstatic. She's hiding it in our beverage fridge. So the moms that are coming over for happy hour, it's a surprise happy hour for the wife. They don't drink those beers tonight. I've got Brie. I've got uh, two bo- three bottles of wine and some crackers and olives and some truffle cheddar I'm going to put out for the ladies. I have to do all this somehow without the wife discovering. I'm going to make a limoncello uh, what, Arnold Palmer, and I made ice cubes last night with kefir lime leaves, cardamom, 
lemon wheels and star anise to put in them and it should look awesome and then everyone's getting kicked out and I'm making a ribeye for two with rosemary thyme baby potatoes it'll be awesome that'll fuel us up for our trip to New York this weekend no podcast from New York I'm gonna be too busy eating that's it thanks for listening thank you for joining us for the fly fishing consultant podcast For more information or to contact Rob, please go to www.robsnowwhite.com. Captain Justin Leake and Meredith McCord for the best fishing action along Panama City Beach. Tune in to Chasing the Sun every Sunday at 9.30 a.m. Eastern on Waypoint TV. Through the Blackwater bayous and in the dark Louisiana night floats a duck camp alive with the sounds of swamp pop and the smells of Cajun cooking. Mississippi Delta in Venice to the Cajun prairies of the Southwest. Me and the Duck Camp Dinners crew will be hunting and eating it all. This is Duck Camp Dinner. Join me, Chef Jean-Paul Bourgeois, and the whole crew every Monday at 8 p.m. Eastern on Waypoint TV. On Mondays, head offshore with Captain Scott Walker and Steve Roger for breathtaking deep sea adventures. Coming to me, coming to me, coming to me. Double. He's jumping, he's jumping, he's jumping. Oh! oh. Look at that Don't miss Mondays with Into the Blue. Brought to you by Academy Sports and Outdoors from 7 to 10 p.m. Eastern. Tell a few fish stories along the way. On Waypoint TV, the destination for outdoor entertainment.